Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 321. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 2nd, 2016. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for our October 2016 look back. So we're going to be taking a look back at a bunch of the comic books that came out uh, this past month. And there's so many books that we bought that we're actually spacing this out into two different weeks. So part one is this week, and this is John and Paul's books. Yeah, yeah. So from you guys, we have Dead Man number one, Death of Hawkman number one, Lost Boys number one, Shipwreck number one, Reborn number one, Moonshine number one, and then Shade the Changing Girl. Wait, I don't think I read uh, Hawkman number one because I don't remember seeing Hawkman. In the book? In the book. Oh, he's in the beginning. He's oh, right okay. The beginning. okay. See it for a second. Okay. In the... Are we sure it was called Death of yeah. Hawkman? But it's, it's it's called Death of Hawkman. It's, oh. We'll talk about it. Did yeah. I not... Uh, did you say Death of X? Yeah. Did I, did I miss all of them? <laughs> Are we, like, I, I, may, no. I may have forgotten to say Death of X. Okay. My cat's walking around in front of yeah. my... Death That's of right. X, you know, because it's a fresh I, I, new I, book yeah. from Marvel. No, no, no. I just was like, oh, Chris... I didn't think Chris said it. And then it's like, I read that awful book. It's a new, fresh crossover from Marvel explaining yes. the, the the war between Speaking inhumans. Speaking about fresh, yes. Paul, I handed this can over to you for you to talk about it. Uh, this is a rare, a rare to find beer here uh, near Buffalo, New York. This is Grim, a Wooga, and one of the reasons why it's so uh, rare to find is because it's a keep cold and fresh, uh, drink fresh beer. So it's released. You're supposed to drink it within. Like basically, as soon as you get it, it's a double IP. Is it a? I think it's just line? an IPA, or it's an IPA or a double IPA. I, in, uh, just an IPA. It says right there on the can. If I read, uh, Indian Pale Ale, six point seven percent alcohol by volume, and it comes in a uh, pint, a pint can. So uh, I'm forgetting how much it was because uh, I asked if they got it in, and they just handed me the can, and we did not speak price. And I went up to the registered, and I just gave them money. Because uh, you bought other beers beer, as well. Yeah, so it's not like... Yeah. So it's kind of uh-huh. hidden in there. <laughs> ended up spending like $62 that day. It's not bad. But I got a lot of beer. I like... I, I usually I try... Same. When I go to the, like, premiere, mm-hmm. I usually just set... All right, I'm, I'm spending $50. And when I'm under that, I'm like, oh, I could have bought more. And when I'm over that, I'm like... You did a good job. <laughs> yeah. You did a good job. I, uh, that 1999 for that 12 pack, I did not buy at Premiere. No, no, that's. So I think I spent close to 100 bucks this week on beer, just accidentally, like because I'm like fell into the beer. I fell into the beer. I was like, oh, I want this, and I was looking for Backwoods Bastard, and uh, see, so you got the name right, and uh, I couldn't find it, so I ended up spent. It's kind of like uh, when you're on a diet, they tell you if you're craving something, just have a little bit of it. Otherwise, you'll start like eating all the other, you know, all, you'll overeat on all the quote unquote healthy foods, and then you'll go over your calorie count. I basically did that with beer this week. I really wanted that quick bastard, and I spent everywhere you went, went you couldn't find, find it. You it. just kept buying um, more beer. Yeah, when I went to my beer store looking for Backwoods Bastard too, they they didn't have it. Um, so I decided just to buy beer for the week. So. That's actually where I have the stuff for today and then for next week as well. And then I finally went up to ask, like, hey, you know, are you getting Backwoods Bastard in? Like, I really want it. And I also asked about the Lizard of Cause too. Oh, yeah. 
And he said it looks like their distributor dropped Backwoods Bastard, and they're not going to be carrying it this year. What? Which, yeah, it's just, just ridiculous. Well, and I was like, well, is there any way that I can like special order it? And they're like, no, the distributor's just not, not buying it. I held off sending a birthday gift of beer to you, Chris, because there was two other beers that were coming out that I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if he gets this. I'll wait this extra week to get these and send to him. So I guess you're going to have some Backwoods Bastard in that's, that as that's well. That's good. I appreciate that. Um, plus, I he said it did look like they would be getting the Lizard of Kazan. He just said they don't know when, so I just kind of have to like check back the week of Thanksgiving to see because it's around then. Yeah, it should be coming in in November. Um, but yeah, the reason you weren't able to find uh, Backwoods Bastard, Paul, is because you don't have a beer rep like myself who makes sure it gets into their store. Ah. Darn Liz. But hey, let's talk about this beer oh, that yeah. we're drinking right now. A lot of talk. A lot of talk. A wooga. Uh, this is this is good. It's you know what I I like the XPAs better from Wood Wood uh, Woodcock Brothers. Uh, and also the XPAs feel like they got better mm-hmm. a week or two later when you drank them. Hmm. Um, this has a light light spice. It has that resiny feel. Uh, from an IPA, uh, from the hops, it has um, a very light. It's very light, pine, but also there's a little hint of spice to it, which is nice. I find it a kind of a refreshing IPA. It is refreshing, but it's like missing a depth of character mm-hmm. that you'd expect in an IPA, and it might be because it's so young. Okay, but yeah, but with hops, hop flavors are the first to go, right? Like yeah. That's everything I've learned Maybe from it drinking. Just needs time to mature a little bit. I Which, don't know. Learning from drinking is weird because normally they tell you you kill brain cells while drinking. <laughs> so how do you know? Uh, this is. I mean, we're going to be drinking three different fresh beers. This is definitely. It's good. It is refreshing. Uh, I think because it's hard to come by, you can only mm-hmm. buy it right when it gets to the store that it gets an extra bit of buzz and mm-hmm. praise and makes you want it even more. So when you have it, then you extra think it's special. Right. Where we were just like... I'm thinking it's good trade bait now. It is, yeah. Do you, you have know? more? No. Yeah, you just got the I one just can? Have, yeah, because I wasn't going to... Uh, yeah, but it He was... had seven cans. I got number six. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's good, but it's not as big as the hype that it mm. gets. Right. <laughs> but Chris, there's got to be a build for you because you've been waiting to drink beer from this company for years. Yeah, and uh, this is from Colorado. Oh, actually, no, it's like Durango, Colorado. Uh, and this is Ska Brewing. I'm a huge fan of Ska music. I have been since 1996. I was actually talking to one of the girls I work with that one of my favorite bands, Real Big Fish, I have now officially been listening to for 20 years. It's been two decades since they came out with their album, Turn the Radio Off. So, hey, what better way to celebrate 20 years of being a ska fan than with ska brewing? Um, I've never really seen their stuff around too much. I saw some of it when I was in um, St. Louis a few years ago. But to actually find it over on this coast makes me really happy. Um, They had a huge end cap at my beer store, just a bunch of different things. So I I grabbed a lot. I had a similar beer day to Paul where the beer just kind of came to me. And I had to start buying stuff just to say no because it was starting to add up. Um, 
But I'm starting off with the Steel Toe Milk Stout. And it has a picture of a cow on the front wearing steel toe, like Doc Martens. Uh, it's good. It's a milk side. It's nothing outlandishly great. It's got that nice kind of malt to it. It's got like a little like nice chocolatey so taste it, to it. It was really smooth, very drinkable. Um, I popped the can like right before we started recording. I already drank half of it. Um, this one I bought in a six pack, so I'm glad I have the extras kind of sitting around so it's nothing that you would really trumpet uh, <laughs> i mean if we're gonna get down to brass tacks it's pretty good okay he's really proud of himself chris well because if he really liked it i was gonna say oh it sounds like you're really tooting their horn there uh, but uh, i had to switch it up because uh, you weren't so you did enthused. i don't know I, I feel like with like when it comes to beer around an upstroke this week oh uh, and speaking of the sky being, guitar, they, they play with upstroke. Yep, upstroke. Speaking of being proud of Paul, he made a Dumb and Dumber joke that I really appreciated, but at the same time, didn't want him to spoil the news by like, I've never seen the movie. I don't. I heard someone make a joke. No, I've yep, watched. Long story short, um, we thought Paul watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but he just knew all about it from people talking about it at work. Mm-hmm. So now, whenever Paul starts making pop culture references. I don't his trust him. Culture podcast or whatever. Uh, we're always like, do you, do you know this or do you just don't people talking about it? Or I read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> these are things. These are things normal people are speaking of. Let's find it on the internet. That's why I have so many note cards here, guys. I, I just write down note cards. You know, for com- normal conversations normal people have. Here we go. I like that. He walks around to the field recorder everywhere. <laughs> Here we go. I'm basically like in high school. There was a couple people that thought I was a foreign exchange student. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, well, it's it probably kind of because you told them you were a foreign exchange student from Canada. <laughs> yeah, because you know I was embarrassed by how little pop culture I knew. Now the the only money you had was Canadian. <laughs> it was Canadian. I always had Canadian money. Uh, why wouldn't you invest? Put all your money in the Royal Bank of Canada. It's royal. Like, it's nowhere safer. Nowhere safer. But getting into actual <laughs> news for this week, we have... Nothing. X? <laughs> we have... We had stuff that I mentioned, and I have already forgotten, because it's that big of news. It's a little bit of a slow week, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, the one big thing I, I thought Chris would be all over was that um, Pixar and Disney have announced that they're swapping the release dates for Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 4. So now uh, Incredibles 2 moves up to the summer of 2018, and Toy Story 4 is going to be 2019. So it's uh, they had these things on the, on the uh, docket, and they're just swapping the swapping the release dates. So Yeah. I, this doesn't surprise me or anything. I mean, Pixar does all their movies in-house. They don't outsource anything to anybody so the fact that they're probably wanting to take more time on story since that's kind of their flagship brand makes sense i mean who knows if it's due to story stuff or just technical issues or whatever but i'd rather have them take more time on toy story because every other pixar movie basically has to live up to the toy story standard whatever they Mm do and also hey now we get incredibles 2 sooner and incredibles is awesome 
I haven't watched it's it been, in so long. It's been 15 years since the first one came out. Oof. I'm getting old. Yeah. It's the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a Fantastic Four fan. It's probably the largest Fantastic Four fan on the show, right? Like, yeah. you can honestly uh, yeah. say that. Uh, nobody uh, would try to fight you on that. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, <laughs> I would well, say. I, I, w- I would... I would argue probably the only Fantastic Four fan on the show. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, but no, Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie that's come out. And I haven't watched it in years, and I don't own it on DVD, and it's actually looked, I was looking at buying it this week, you know, on Amazon. And that's one of those things where I'm like, Oh, you ah. should do it through baggingboard.com slash Amazon oh, and help support the Bang Board test. Oh, yes. That that would be it the way to do It costs you nothing extra, Paul. Mm. Amazon just pays us for saying, like, hey... Go to Amazon. That's true. This is this is how we support the show. John, it looked like you were about to say something actually important. No, I hit that little piece oh. and then it fell and then I had a surprise look <laughs> on my face like, oh no, did I make too much noise? <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. And then I just started doodling on my pad of paper. Oh, did he did he notice that uh, some one person's doodle became a fan movie? A 15-minute fan movie? Because no. he has friends in Hollywood and they can do stuff like that? I... I, I... No, I did not. Uh, this there's a short film called Sidekicks that you can watch, I guess, on the YouTube. Oh, starring Chuck Norris and Chuck Norris and Jonathan Brandis. Yes, I no. love that movie. No, no, no. This is a fan, uh, 15 minute fan film. Uh, and two this... Chuck Norris movies. Yes, I've I've seen it. No, this is uh, about um, written and directed by Jeff Cassidy. It's uh, basically Princess Bride meets superhero adventures because it's a dad telling his young son a bedtime story, and it happens to be about uh, the the never-ending adventures of Captain Strong and uh, his sidekicks. And the uh, it stars Arrow's Emily Brent Rickards. She plays Felicity. Oh, Felicity. I love Felicity. She's so adorable. I love her every time she I'm shows up sure in the flash. Uh, Felicity. I don't know. Honestly, I haven't seen this movie yet. You just brought it to our attention yesterday, and Tom, I worked out. Tom Cavanaugh uh, from uh, Scrubs. Ed. Yeah, and Ed. And Flash. And Flash, yes. Uh, and the Yogi Bear movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, well, I mean, if we're listing his... his and Josh, Josh Dallas. <laughs> I, I was going to say merits, but I was like, no, I can't. His credits? Oh, credits Josh Dallas credits. plays Charming on uh, Once Upon a Time. That's where I recognize him from. Mm. Well, the actual Sidekicks movie had Bo Bridges in it, though. So, I mean, mm, even better. you, you picked the winner, listener. And he was, in the father, he was the father in the movie Wizards. That's true. With Fred Savage. Bobridge just doesn't get a, enough credit. I think he gets enough credit. Paulie was in one of your favorite shows. Who? Which show? Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Are we talking about Bo Bridges still? I'm talking cause... about Bo Bridges still. Okay. Which what, what show was he in? I don't West Wing. Oh, really? Oh. Who did he play in West I, Wing? I actually never watched West Wing. I thought you were going to uh, say My Name is Earl because he was the dad on the I don't recognize people's actors. I don't recognize people. They're, they're the character at that moment. And if I do recognize them, I have a hard time believing it. See, that's, Paul, that's, that's the thing with me. engrossed in the magic of television. And, and movies. So when I actually recognize an actor, I have a hard time getting past that. You guys know, this, this is the same conversation we have, like, every five weeks. 
about <laughs> Bill Murray and Tom Hanks. Like, no, they're always Bill Murray and Tom Hanks. I have our, it, it takes me out of the show or movie. They, uh, there you go, Bo Bridges. Yeah. I, okay. And who did <laughs> who did he play? Did he play? Listen, I didn't watch the show. He's Nash Bridges' dad, right? He's not <laughs> Nash Bridges' dad. <laughs> From one of my other favorite shows, Nash Bridges. <laughs> I, I really hope that is not true. <laughs> not. Let me just go over to Amazon.com slash, uh, or Bagboard.com slash Amazon and make sure I buy all the complete Nash Bridges for Christmas right now. Liv Taylor was, or Liv, uh, Liv uh, Aerosmith was in that show. Liv Aerosmith. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler was in that show, and that was, that was worth sitting through 10 minutes of it. Nash Bridges? Yeah. Wasn't she? I, I never watched Nash Bridges. I don't know. I was Maybe. more of a uh, Jag man myself at that time. <laughs> I don't know if those shows have anything to do with each other, but I remember watching Jag. And I feel like Jag doesn't get enough credit. I think it gets enough credit that it was a TV show and it was yeah, on for, for more than years. one episode. Yeah. Uh, wow, so we don't have any news and it got away from us. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, we should just get right on to uh, the next thing, right? I'm still trying talk. to find out if Bo Bridges was in West Wing or if I'm a liar, because I can't <laughs> I find it. believe you, I don't... It, I, Liv Tyler probably wasn't on uh, Nash Bridges either. I don't think she was. She was a like, movie star then. But who knows? Who Who played his daughter then? Oh, Jody Lynn O'Caffey. See, I don't know. I don't, I don't recognize that people. Is. You know me. I thought it was still back when she was breaking it, you know, out of the uh, Aerosmith, uh, whatchamacallit. Crazy video? Cra- yeah, videos. Oh, oh, man, Doctor Strange is walking through my screen right now on IMDb. It's so crazy. I do like all the advertisements that they've been doing for Doctor Strange on social media where it looks like a post, but then it actually turns into just being like a GIF, mm-hmm. and it messes with your head. Yeah. It's a nice reality we I can't, here. I can't wait for that movie. I mean, I know we haven't talked about it too much, but I think Doctor Strange is going to be really cool. It's getting pretty good reviews, like John said before recording. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But, uh, you know, before that movie comes out, we're going to have comic books coming out on Wednesday. I'll tell you this. Almost everybody and their brother was in the West Wing. Mm-hmm. Except for Bob Bridges. <laughs> for Bob Bridges. Was his brother in it, though? Was no. Jeff Bridges in there? <laughs> oh, then... anyone and his brother. <laughs> <laughs> well played. No, but Terry O'Quinn, Christian like, I... Slater, uh, Jason uh, Isaacs. Jay Moore, really? Matthew Perry, John Goodman. Yeah, like John Goodman had people. a great... Uh, Matthew okay. Perry, I'm taking or leave him, but... Uh, he became a... Uh, he was the... He replaced Ainsley Hayes. Ed O'Neill, Mark, uh, Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon oh, was Mark uh, the... He's on the NCIS now. He, he oh, okay. played uh, one of the secret agents in charge of keeping... Uh, C.J. Craig, safe. Uh, yeah. Uh, Adam uh, Adam Arkin's on it. Uh, Greg Clark. Well, Greg Clark, yeah. He's uh, he's Agent Casper. He plays uh, a lot of the agents, or at mm-hmm. least two. 
Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt was the uh, the head of uh, so the basically what Paul's the attorneys is if there's ever any kind of he was general counsel to the president. He only knows West Wing trivia night. Take Paul. <laughs> maybe maybe take him if they have Nash Bridges trivia night. But but I couldn't right. name I couldn't say the characters' names except for Agent Casper because that's such a great name and. When I watched Avengers, I'm like, oh, Agent Casper. And then when I was watching Agents of Shield, oh, it's Agent Casper. They should have just, why did they rename him? You know? Just call him Agent Because they don't Coulson the... sounds like cool, son, and it's like, man, that agent's cool, son. Uh, also, that, that sounds so like many, a trip line. There's so many crazy. <laughs> oh, it's a trip line. Oh, such a good fun. Why didn't they use that on the show? The trip line. There's so many crazy people's fan theories that oh, this is this actor playing the same character from this world. That if it was like the same name, people are like Marvel movies happen in the Westworld world. <laughs> West Wing world. That would that'd be all right. Who doesn't want President Bartlett? Who? We got, ooh, we got ooh, President Grim Reaper. Um, I know we've done like election specials before. But maybe one of the upcoming episodes we should do our favorite fictional like presidents. Maybe <laughs> election day is next. I don't know. Yeah, but there's only we, I don't I don't know that many uh, fictional oh, presidents. Just, do, we could do a quick nod episode. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, that I'm would okay be that, that would be fun. Election an election day special. Yeah. 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 Why not? Because Paul, you, like, you already know about the West Wing, so I'm yeah. guessing you like. But that in Mar- like in the Marvel comic books, every time you see the president, they kind of like, oh, it's kind of him, but it's not because they just show him like the Mr. President's always in shadow, except for you know the Obama covers. But then like in uh, Dark Avengers, whenever they had the president, he, you never see his face; it's just like a silhouette, and it's kind of like, okay, well, you're. It was so weird. It was such a weird juxtaposition because. Do you read a lot of the Dark Avengers? No, but enough to remember it, and remembering it was odd that I come. My brain makes weird leaps. <laughs> we know this. We talk about it every three episodes. <laughs> was there any more news? No, no. I segued it like twenty minutes ago to the comic books, yeah. and you went and started listing off West Wing cameos, and then I'm rain manning it over here with yeah, he was this person, this character, yeah, he was this character. Chris, what are you looking forward to coming out November second? Uh, book I'm looking forward to coming out November second for this week's list. It's actually going to be Champions number two from over at Marvel Comics, Ooh. and this is being written by Mark Wade with art by Humberto Ramos, and this is the continuing. Now a tale of the brand new team that just came together, the champions, starring young Cyclops from X-Men, the Vision's daughter, Amadeus Cho, the totally awesome Hulk, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, and uh, Nova. Wow. They they all just kind of came together, and I don't want to talk about it too much because we'll be talking about issue number one next week on my half of the monthly look back for October. The young team. It's, It's the new young team. And, and it's, it's Humberto it's, Ramos who does great young characters. It's Humberto Ramos. Like, he knocks it out. And then Mark Wade, who basically knows and loves every single Marvel character that is in existence. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he's he's bringing a gravity ah. to a team that's all new. Uh, too bad it isn't gravity. Remember yeah, when was, he was a young that character? That was my <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but remember um, when he was a young character in Marvel, and they're like, yeah, he's going to be the new Spider-Man, and then they just, like, killed him. Yeah. <laughs> like, made him awful. bad, though. But yeah, um, Champions. I mean, spoilers for next week. I, I enjoyed number one. I'm looking forward to reading a little bit more of this. Paul? I'm looking forward to a new number a new number one from Marvel, unlike yours, which was a number two, but it's also a Marvel book. And this is the Unworthy Thor. Now number one. Or number one now. I don't understand the Marvel uh tagline right now well, yet. Have they finally dropped the points? Are we done with the point ones? Yes, yes. Okay, good. Uh, this is uh Thor Odinson. So not Jane Thor. This is Odin's not Lady Thor. This is uh, this is actually Thor Thor. Thor Thor. Not Thor Thor. Powered Thor. Yeah. God Thor. Thor. As Paul said at the beginning, no more sad cancer book. <laughs> Before the show started. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, but it kind of it got heavy, man, with real world issue. Yeah, you know, that real world issue. It just, oh man, it. Well, I, I, I really like that issue though, where she's like trying to escape having to go to her appointments. Mm-hmm. That, that was solid. Well, because every time she need, like, she would get the chemo, and that would, and it's chemo's poison, and it would be attacking the cancer. But as soon as she transformed to Thor, they, her body would re, like just get rid of the poison that was in her system, aka the chemo. But since cancer is part of you, it basically like the cancer became superpowered and there was nothing she could do about it. Like she was going to these appointments knowing that they weren't going to help because she had to become Thor. And she was making, uh, that really heavy choice of, do I save myself or do I, I use the time that I do have to save everybody else? And, uh, that kept going, that storyline, that, that story beat, that overarching story. And it, it's, it, you know, it was really good, but, uh, when I, you first read Thor, that first, you know, the late first couple Lady Thor books, and she's just like learning how to use her power set, and everything's fun, and she's smacking frost giants, and you're like, okay, this is a book I can really get behind. And then it became, you know, it got kind of uh, mired in that, but not. I don't want to say mired mm. because it was yeah, but good. You saw it, like the first issue use mm-hmm. of that book, not like the lead up to her when she became Thor, but the number one. Of that Lady Thor book mm-hmm. was her page one was her getting chemo like you knew yeah. that that is going to be a huge piece yeah. to this storyline. Oh, oh, not the, is, I'm talking about going be, before Lady Thor. You know when she with those first couple ones where we didn't know who it was behind the mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's the kind of book, and it kind of followed through to that. So I'm kind of happy here to, that we're getting a break from that, and we're getting a redemption story here with Odin's son. He's trying to become a. Uh, is it a redemption story? He's because tra- this is him finding another hammer in another world and being like, I can use this hammer to Oh, the existence of a mysterious other Mjolnir. Yeah. But is he... Is and he then gonna- it, it seems like it's like one through... It's uh, one through five. Mm-hmm. Um, five it's four bucks. Five, five issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's going to be like a best of Thor. Like... It's him finding this other hammer. That has an axe on the one end. And it's going to be like, and many villains are also trying to get this, where it's going to be him fighting. Versus is that the same fear itself? the same hammer that Beta Ray Bill had then? It looks like it, except Beta Ray's is gold, isn't it? 
I have no oh, idea. Oh, it is. Oh, maybe it's the, the hammer from the Ultimate Universe, because Bethor's hammer had an axe on the end, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. And it's got, like, a point on the end, so it yeah. might be that Thor's hammer. I would have to look at the covers and compare, because mm-hmm. I haven't read Ultimates in years and years and years oh. now. Jason Aaron's writing, and uh, art is being done by Olivier Copiel. Oh, nice. So this one's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. This is also the book that I was looking forward to, which I was like, if Paul doesn't pick this book, I will. But uh, I'm pretty sure he will. And Chris, I have uh, a slight change for my book. Um, I had told you I was going to do Liar uh, Moon Knight number 8, but I remembered that I picked uh, Serbius in Hell. This is um, David Sims' uh, 40th anniversary of Serbius. Wow. I've been reading um, the original book. I really... I, I really like it because this is Pig Conan, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I like it because it is like this crazy. Each issue is almost like a one-shot store Thor, uh, Conan story with this character. They're kind of fun. I do enjoy it. Chris had bought like a big omnibuy softbound version. Yeah, it was like the first volume, and it's it couldn't get into it. I don't know, like I don't even remember what it was because then we were talking probably about like. 10, 12 years ago, I bought it. Yeah, and you... It just didn't grab me. You handed it over to me. You're like, ah, I'm going to... I don't know. Here, you can have it. And uh, I sat on it for a while, and then one day was just like, oh, I'll give this a try, and I really enjoy it. I, um... Like, a lot of times, like, right before I go to bed, I'll read an issue in it, and then I'll put it down. I like it. I think it's kind of fun that it's a 40-year-old character at this point. It started in 1977, um, they're calling it 2007 with this uh, unveiling in this book. But it's a four-issue miniseries. I guess Servius died um, in 2002, 2008, when the seri- series ended. Um, this is the return well, of him. The, the book actually um, starts with him dying. And then everything else you see for like the however long the series ran after that is like him reflecting on his life. So is he going to run into Godzilla in hell? He might. He also uh, might how, run into Hellboy. And how about uh, Wolverine in Hell? How about Bill and Ted in Hell? Because uh, we read that book. There's all a strong possibility of yes. <laughs> um, but this is something I would pick up just to be fun. And I actually think I would go find this in a hard copy print. <laughs> just because I kind of would want to have it in print. Um, but yeah, that's my pick. Hmm. All strong picks, guys. Very excited. Are we going to beer or dramatic reading next? I'm, I'm okay with going to beer because I already popped mine open. Because so have we. In in retrospect, I mean, man, that milk stout was just very nice, very pleasant. Good, very smooth. How about your next one? Very smooth. Um, well, this one is by design smooth, and this is uh, Sky Brewing's Rudy the Session IPA. Um, it's a session IPA, man. Like there's. Nothing to really complain about. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's crisp. It's drinkable. It's got a good lingering hop in like the middle of the tongue there. Right. Um, if I had to compare it to something, it would probably be the Founders All Day IPA. I mean, that's the one that I drink the most out of all the sessions. It kind of has that same um, like hop profile, but it's a little bit more subdued. So if you're one of those people that you don't like really hoppy beers, and some of the Founder stuff is maybe just a little bit too much. And you want something that's going to kind of ease you into it. Um, yeah, Scott Brewing, Rudy. 
it's it's nice. We're drinking. We are drinking uh, Lagunitas. This is their 2006 one-hitter series, and this is Born Yesterday Pale Ale. This is a fresh hopped, unfiltered beer. Uh, this was bottled on 1017. So, wow. Uh, and this has Mosaic, Amarillo, Equinox, and um, it says uh, other special varieties curated by the great men and women who ply the lands. What is What percentage is this? G- give me a guess. I'm going to guess like 4.8. 7. Seven. Wow. It's, there's nothing on this that makes me feel like high alcohol. I get. I was thinking this is almost like a session because Chris was talking it up, but it's because it's a pale, isn't it? It is a pale. It's not an IPA. I do get all that, like the last one, a lot of resin on the on the aftertaste. It dries your mouth out. Dries. Of the yep. And then um, it's got a nice piney, you know, hop flavor. Which, and when he said mosaic, I think of tropical roots, like a tropical flavor. From a mosaic, so uh, I'm guessing it's the Equinox that's giving me that yeah. really piney flavor, which I enjoy Equinox uh, in this kind of pine, but it is a disturbing it, color. It is it is like pale juice color. It's a little like a cloudy pea color. But it's unfiltered, so mm-hmm. you have little bits of hot particle in there. Um, I think this is got more character than the Grimm. Yeah. Um, there's more going on in your mouth. It tastes very Lagunitas-y. Mm-hmm. This is very Lagunitas. This is like Lagunitas IPA or maximum IPA light. Um, but you get the you get a you get a good amount of hop taste to it and it's got tight bubbles. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's nice. This is a nice drinking yeah. beer. I wish it wasn't 7% because I want to drink it so much faster and I want another one. I'm orange lanterning, orange lanterning yeah. it right now. Uh, it's definitely, I, I had, um, I was, one of my salesmen gave me this mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, okay, I'm glad on Tuesday this is going to be in my store, but it's going to be two days older. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would pick up a six pack of this and drink it. In a couple days. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like, I've been, uh, you know, I got a half marathon to run soon. So I've been trying to curb my drinking because I want to slim down a little bit more. So I, I only, tr- I try really only to drink with you guys now. And then I go out to, and I buy way too much beer. So I got to curb. I'm, I'm still spending money as if I'm going to be drinking all week. But I'm really trying to only drink on, like, Saturday and Sunday. But most of those The days that I run. (laughs) Most of those... This should be a nice treat for every day after you run. Uh, I haven't run on the weekdays, like, in three weeks. Well, it's been raining. It's been been bad. Crappy Uh, weather. This beer... (laughs) This beer... The other beers you can hold on to. This beer you have to drink right now. So far, uh, best of the fresh. Yeah. Well, that is the two that we've had. (laughs) Best of the fresh. (laughs) And also, we're counting the big ditches, yes. Uh, Those big ditches were awful. There was something wrong with those. Mm -hmm. Um, This this was good. Mm -hmm. Maybe your fridge is too cold. I don't know. know This is because I brought this. Mm -hmm. All right, well, maybe. Maybe maybe it was just those beers, too, though. It's my basement fridge. 
know what's uh, never too cold? Always hits the right spot. Dramatic readings? Exactly. And now, a dramatic reading from Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number three, page ten, panel one. Ooh, this is it. This is it. It seems quiet. How do you, you want to do this? Like so. <laughs> that was a dramatic singing <laughs> of Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number three, page 10, panel one. Uh, find us over on our Facebook and let us know if you thought there was three different characters talking. Nope. I couldn't nope. do it. I couldn't do it. I knew I couldn't do it, so I went a dramatically other way. <laughs> I went dramatically the other way. And I'm like, this is it? That reminds me of that song. Please let me know if this ain't love, then please say so. Ooh, this is it. You know, that song. I don't know that song. You do, Chris. You just don't know it because Paul's singing it. I can't sing it. I can't sing. Uh, and also, they're Birds of Prey. They, they have a band. Or at least Black Canary did for a little while there. Yeah, that's true. So, why not? I went. I z- zagged. You, you, you definitely zagged. Yep. So that's going to head us into our main topic. We're doing the look back. This is the comic books that we bought October 2016. Um, half these books are from you, Paul, and then half are from you, John. And usually we'll talk about whose books we want to you know, go over first. We failed to do that this episode. Um, so who wants to start it off? Uh, I'm already logged into Paul's account, so let's do Paul's book, but... Not, don't you pause, Paul, but let's take a pause, because Paul was singing Kenny Loggins' This Is It. No wonder, I can't get this smooth, smooth voice down. One okay, can you get to the point where I was actually singing the lyrics no, that I, I can't, sing? because it's a four-minute song. <laughs> Unpause. Let's get back into the show. Okay, so so Paul books. Edit that all out. No, we can't. No, because that's 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 work. Um, Paul, since we're starting off with your books, is there one that you wanted to talk about first? You know what? The the one that I probably enjoyed the most, and I don't know if it's saying much, but it was actually, uh, which was surprising for me, Mark Millar and Greg Capullo's uh, Reborn number one. Yeah, Uh, uh, this is the Image comic book, and. This is why we're sad to not have Greg Capullo on Batman anymore. Uh, this starts off. This story starts off as a really kind of quiet story about people passing. Uh, especially, it follows one character uh, in particular. It starts off kind of gritty, and then it jumps to this other character that's living in an old uh, retirement home or assisted living facility because she's been having strokes, and she wants to pass away with dignity but she knows she won't she's too afraid to die right and uh and it kind of opens up with this battle scene it it's a classic mark millar where he throws a lot at you and it's everything kind of seems cool but it's all disconjointed a little bit which is one of my problems with mark millar yes um, especially on his own but i think uh, the characterizations, Greg Capullo. It, yeah, it's it's true. Greg Capullo still carries this book. Oh, he carries this book. <laughs> uh, but I did like how you know I, I enjoy a good quiet comic book story every once in a while, and that story about a woman being afraid to die 
you know, it, it tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. Would you say you got Lady Thord on it? A little Lady Thord, and I'm happy to get a taste of it every once in a while, but not for 16 issues. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. In some way, I think this was Mark Millar going a little against, like, the formula of a book like this, where instead of having this character, issue, page one, being reborn, not knowing what's going on, he gives you the pages. backstory instead of like splicing it in as the book's going and you find out who this character is kind of with the character finding mm. out who she is in this new world. Yeah. This one, it front loads, boom, this is this book. Because the best part of this book is like the last four pages. See? Yeah. How- it's when you get that switch over. That's when it really grabbed me because okay. at, at the beginning I was just I was bored with it, and you do get a like a hint of this maybe like three or four pages in, mm-hmm. with like someone being shot and killed, and then they wake up in this other world where there's a war going on, and it's like, all right, hey, you know, we'll catch you up to speed, and then you cut over to this woman whose name I honestly don't even know. Yeah, they say it on the last they panel. <laughs> they say they say it on the very last panel again. Um, what I, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, when you're first introduced to this world, uh, one of the characters says, I know you look different, I know this is all going to be new to you, but there's more important things going on right now, and you've got to run, <laughs> because there's a battle going on. And uh, then we see it again when... Did he find her name? No. It's the last panel. <laughs> no, the last it's, panel okay. says... No, it, it's when others. she's, like, yeah. passing like, her name? husband or father, I can't remember it's who her it father. was. He's talking to her, I think. Yeah, it's her father that says it. And he calls her Angel. Yeah. Oh. Bonnie. Bonnie, there it is. Thank you. And when uh, Bonnie wakes up, apparently she holds the key. She's the one that everybody's been waking, waiting for. And apparently everybody had some connection to this one woman at one point in her life. Uh, in her actual life before this. Because it's kind of strongly hinted at by the nurse, by the janitor this... cleaning. Is this something that is just tied into a woman's death and yeah. the strokes that she's had? Like, yeah, is this an imaginary, like, the death visions that she's having? Maybe. If on sale, volume one of this book, I would pick it up in trade form. Yeah, because... I wouldn't be here week to week, and the thing that would... I mean, it's an interesting enough story... But it's giving you almost like Greg Capullo doing sword and sorcery science fiction. Yeah, but the one thing well, I don't know. But that understand. alone is the reason that I'm like, okay, like this this is interesting. Like this got me. Uh, the one thing with Greg Capullo's art I have to kind of question here is um, like on the third or fourth to last page when she has a stroke and now she's in the operating room and they're closing up, they're operating on her stomach. And I don't understand that. Like, if she's having a stroke, like, why is she, why are they operating her on her stomach? Just a little weird. Because I'm Paul, and I nitpick about sh- I saw the same like. thing, but maybe she's got something else going on that we yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then she said, then we get this, like, angel that says, don't worry. You're, you're good. Don't worry, Bonnie, you're doing good. And then she Then she becomes a space ranger kind of looking thing. She looks like, um, like uh, she looks like she just stepped out of G-Force. And, yeah. 
and she has a sword, and there's lasers and barbarian axes. So what isn't there to love, John? I know. No, uh, and dragons. And the zombies. last pass, the last part, as I said, is the best part, and it would be what would get me to buy this book on sale. The whole series. Honestly, I would say not even on sale. Like, this is something that I would want to read as a trade. And whenever Volume 1 or whatever this comes out, like, yeah, it's it's got me. I don't know if I would want to read this mm-hmm. monthly. I'm on the verge of having to do, like, that monthly purge again where I whittle down what I read. Right. Um, but this is one that, like, yeah, you know what, trade paperbacks. The, the books I read by trade are slowly dwindling down. I mean, Fables is over. Um, Invincible has its uh, finale coming up. So there's no book that I now have to go out and pick up at like an actual bookstore so I can put it on my bookshelf anymore. So, you know, it it might be reborn. Like, I I was pleasantly surprised by this book. Uh, were you so surprised by this book that if uh, the dog in battle armor becomes one of your favorite characters, I will be now allowed to call you Roy Boy? <laughs> I'm okay with that. And as soon as I saw the dog in battle armor, I was like, "Oh man, it's like Battle Cat." Like yeah, it, it so kind of hit that cat. like He-Man note for me. You know, I, I like that little moment with you know Greg Capullo does a great job there with the dog is just recognizing her and like like balls up around her just to like yeah you're you're you're, you're my old friend. Let's I want belly rubs. You know, just like a dog would. So yeah, I, I I dug this book, and I'm sad that it took that long to get into it. But the first half of it, it is like quiet it. because it needs to be. That's what draws you into this character. And if it, mm-hmm. it started off this way, and they had done the stuff uh, with her, like her life and passing in like interstitial between it, I don't think it would have that same same gravity. You know, that same weight. It's uh, the second time I've used the word gravity today, and I don't know why. I want to ask. Just learn that word. I've known it for years now. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you were there, it's somebody pulls, about Newton's law, right? But it pulls at you. Um, I want to ask the sniper at the very beginning. Is he some sort of recruiter for the war? No. He's killing people in this world in order to recruit. In some way, because somebody's in, telling him the old man with a hat. It, it does feel like yeah, or he's just or he's a crazy person. Well, no, he, he's like, he's talking to himself. Oh. Because, like, people are running, and he's just like, you don't know which way to go, do you? And then he, like, pops them. Then he wakes up in the field. Yeah. Uh, or the old man in the hat wakes up in the field. That's where we get the first glimpse of the war. Uh, yeah, I, I think that you need that first moment. It's like, I, I, I think I know where the story is going, and I kind of want it to go that way, almost like up, where this character doesn't feel like she amounted to much in her life. And then all these other characters that she's now leading into battle have been touched by her in some way. And, you know, it's like that second gut punching up where he finally turns the page in his notebook to realize the life that he always regretted not having with his wife is exactly the the life that they did live. Oh, it's Mr. Holland's opus. Was the best life that they could have possibly lived. Yeah, yeah. Like Mr. Holland's opus, but Up did it better. And I hate Up. <laughs> up is such... It's, it's so, so good! But it makes me cry, oh, and there's no way I can I watch that movie again. I feels in the beginning. Yeah, but when you when you go into it being like, oh, it's a house with balloons that's floated on a wacky adventure, you're not expecting... No, it's Pixar. You should cl- always expect Cloud it. babies 
and cloud babies. Yeah, watch up. You'll know what I mean again. The cloud babies. That moment. Then, like throughout the whole rest of the movie, there's those moments where it's just constantly. And then the badge moment at the very end. I'm like, come on, I'm out of tears. Never out of tears. I'm out of tears. I can only cry so much. I ran out of tears during up. I was. I didn't stay hydrated enough. Yes, so you need to be drinking gallons of water. <laughs> gallons of water. And I, I kind of feel right. like maybe um, Reborn is going to give me the same kind of thing. Unlike Shade, the Changing Girl, written yeah. by uh, Becky Clune into the cover, so I was excited. One of the covers, right? Uh, well, the only cover I got. Well, no, you, oh. when you swipe through, you get like three covers. Oh, okay. Uh, written by Cecile uh, Castellucci. Uh, Gilbert and Gilbert Hernandez. Pencils by Gilbert Hernandez and Marley Zarcone. Um, and I can say that none of us is, have read Shade the Changing Man. Right. So we are. Compl- He's shown up in like kind of like as a side character in some of the issues. He might have popped into something, but this mm-hmm. is from DC's Young Animal. Young Animal, but this is a new take on this character that we have. No frame of reference, mm-hmm. except for its weird and wild stuff. Apparently this one alien really had an affinity for the old poet, Rock Shade. Rock Which Shade? they mentioned like 15 times yeah. in like four pages. And she wanted to have the same kind of experience. She wanted to taste the madness. And uh, she gets in this character, this uh, female alien, I'm guessing. It doesn't really yeah, matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. Gets the old shade, the changing cloak, puts it on, and is able to inhabit a brain-dead girl's body. And this girl wasn't was a mean girl, like from the movie Mean Girls, like the queen bee, basically, of the synchronized swimming team. And apparently uh, the rest of the high schoolers had enough of her and basically had her OD. While swimming, and that's why she's has a coma. Her parents are afraid of her, and now parents I've, don't seem to like her. The parents seem to be happy that she, they were pulling the plug, and they're really. Miffed. I think. Well, I think, I think a when, little myth that she's coming back. I think when you emotionally divested yourself to that, and you just are so resigned to that fact, and you've made all those decisions, and you've come to terms. To have that wound, and you're like letting it all kind of calloused over that wound, and then having it ripped right back open. Yeah, I can understand. Like, but now they're like, "Oh, I hope she doesn't domineer our lives again." Uh, yeah, they're afraid of this girl, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, man. This is Mean Girls meets A young psychedelic it, acid trip. trip. It meets it, it's Mean Girls meets um, Delirium from Neil Gaiman's Sandman, like just a character that says and. Like witnesses and sees weird things. Mm-hmm. They're just like they're meant to be crazy and out there, and you're not supposed to understand them. But it doesn't make for great reading necessarily. Uh, and yeah, I I did not I did not enjoy this book. Um, I think the book looks good. I think the art in it does a good job of conveying <laughs> when it's the flashback to the girl's real life that it doesn't look crazy, but when the uh, alien takes over her body, the craziness that she now sees or that is around her 
Yeah. It does look good. It's interesting. It's okay. I can understand this is a crazy alien mind seeing this weird world. But it... Is uh, she bringing the stuffed animals to life? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. In Yeah, I don't... I don't... I don't know. I don't know, and there's not enough here that makes me actually care, because you don't have a character that's likable. And this is all happening to... inside of Burrito, right? This is happening oh, inside of Euro. That, that's a, and that's the thing that I kind of want to talk about with Doom Patrol. I, I love that book. It's weird, but mm-hmm. there, it's a directed weirdness. Like, you might not where it's going, but you can see that there's a path laid out for it. And this book, it just seems like, all right, let's come up with a bunch of weird shit and hope for the best. Well, and we got the main conflict with her being a mean girl and then having... Is she going to really disguise herself, though? Because this alien seems, like, so inept at being able to, you know, to to disguise herself as this girl. Like, she can't connect with her, can't pull up the memories. So it's like, okay, I don't understand. Like, I see that where the central conflict is, but then again, I don't see it actually playing out. Nor caring. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys... I, I, I don't care about the girl. I don't care about the alien. And then there's like a weird backup story in there, and then I'm just like... Whoa. Did you guys read the backup story? I, I like the backup story. Backup story. I, 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 I looked at it, and I was like, nope. Yeah, I, it was, I did the same thing, and then when I finished scrolling all the way, and they give like a little like personal data about Shade the Changing Girl, and then they have like Cave Carson. I'm like, oh, where's this guy from? And then I'm like, oh, that really... That really bad backup story that I did not bother to read. I, I it, no, w- Cave Carson is the he's the character in the other book that we're going to be talking about next week. Oh, okay. Um, then I am excited. <laughs> I like the backup. It reminded me of a like oh, a. Oh, he's got the cybernetic eye. He does. Yeah. Uh, the backup story reminded me of like an old Tex Avery cartoon because it's a one note joke, and that plays out at the very end. It's about a guy being like so excited to help out his hero. And when he does, it's just a letter that punches the person that receives the letter in the face. It's just so kind of, like, wacky. It reminds me of, like, the old Tex Avery cartoons when somebody would call on the phone and then be able to reach through the phone and punch somebody in the face. Maybe that's my only connection Yes. to Tex Avery. Yeah, crazy cartoon world. Mm -hmm. Crazy cartoon character now in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like The Mask. Or... This book is just as bad as Death of X. Oh, you want to go Death of X? Uh, see, yeah, uh, this is all backstory, and I'm trying to find it. Where did it go? Because I'm on my account, and um, no, um, you guys have it pulled up? Death, Death of X. Um, this is written by Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire with art by Aaron Cooter from Marvel Comics. And this is kind of telling the story about how the Inhumans have unleashed the Terrigen Mists around the world. And they're just kind of sweeping through different countries and impacting and changing people's lives. Some people run from it. Some people are there ready to embrace it because they want to see what comes out on the other side. And while the Inhumans are off, kind of witnessing this to see who they can bring into the fold after they go through their metamorphosis, the X-Men led by Cyclops. Mm -hmm. I don't know which X-Team this is now, but when they had the schism a few years ago, this is the... Cyclops, Emma Frost, uh, Emma Frost, Stefford Cuckoos, Gold Balls. Gold Balls is in the Schism character, yeah. Iceman and Magic um, going to Mirror Island. 
because they got like a distress call from one of Paul's favorites. Yeah, Madrox. This is the death of X for me because this is the death of it, Madrox. Uh, yeah, Muir Island, which is the mutant like uh, observatory slash uh, investigation slash uh, research center, and apparently the Terragon's mist have wiped went through that area and this book could have been like three pages long and it was yeah. 23 pages the, the cloud came through with the Muir Island killed all the infected all the mutants and ended up killing them uh, Cyclops uploads that data to be species yeah this is really bad and also the inhumans might have known it would have been really bad for us and they didn't tell us uh, which is weird because I remember Quicksilver going through the Tetragon Mist. Remember that after no. after M Day to try to regain his powers, and that that it wasn't a thing back then. So now it's a thing, but you know Marvel continuity. It doesn't matter. Well, also that time though, maybe he wasn't a mutant, so maybe, oh, maybe it didn't... he wasn't a mutant. Yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm just I'm trying to look for a reason that they could write it off, like exactly the same way it was for. Jimmy Madrox's death, where they could be like, "Oh, maybe that one wasn't the prime." Yeah, no, no. This one, they, he says, "No, this is me. This is the original." And yeah, they, unless, you have to say that if you're killing. That he's not, and he just thinks he is. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, totally. It, uh, yeah, that's happened before. They can't kill yeah. Madrox. No, they can because I think this they, they can, be... but they have a way to bring him back. And be like, no, he, that guy only thought he was the actual prime. It's they, me, the real one. They stopped Fantastic Four, so why not stop the X Men now? You know, it's. Well, and that's because that they like have where ten X Men books. Yep, and but they're all people, part of and this the X Men or Avengers I mean, books now. This is the thing, though. I mean, I I'm not an X Men fan anymore, but I still love the X Men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never cared about the Inhumans. I've tried. I don't care. The only one, the only Inhuman that I like is Miss Marvel, but that book is <laughs> different than an Inhumans book completely. And this book was I like boring. I like the Inhumans and I don't back care in the about day. Either one, right? I think Cyclops looks cool in his suit. I think the Hydra agents who are coming to try to collect mm-hmm. Inhumans is an interesting part. And the, they, the Hydra agents are probably like the best part of the book when they come in and just like, oh, too many witnesses. Yeah, and they look cool. Their yeah. suits look cool. And then they have like weird, like inhuman, like handcuffs on them, and they're being led away. But this book, it, I seeing Madrox die, I went, nope, he's not dead. It doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. And then, yeah. like, that guy came out, and he had floppy hair, and then all of a sudden he had, like, a, uh, his mohawk stood on end, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is a new guy, kind of like other things, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was done. And I feel bad because Charles uh, Sole and... Um, Just Charles Sole and, and uh, uh, Jeff Lemire. Jeff, Jeff Lemire. Lemire. I like both of those writers, and I don't feel like the two of those guys working together on this book delivered a good book. All right. Well, well I think be... it's Jeff Lemire is handling the scripting, like inhuman stuff, but then Charles Soule is handling like the X Men stuff, or maybe vice versa. Because I mean, they're both like spearheads on those books. 
So now you have the two of them writing a book, and I don't have my feet in either one of those universes. So it's just it, it's hard for me to care because I just can't. Yeah, I, I got kept on. The one thing that I kept on getting pulled out of this book was the art. I just did not enjoy. Well, it's like uh, the artist is trying to do um, what's his name from uh, Irving Ir- uh, Irving Fraser. No, Fraser a, Irving. A mix of him and then um, um, the su- uh, the Superman. Saw, All-Star yeah, Superman. Yeah, I see it more. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, uh, Gary Frank. Not Gary Frank. That's the other artist. Uh, you're thinking of. Darn it. He- he did All Star Superman. He's yeah. um, he did We Three. He did uh, the uh, Amazing X Men with Jason Aaron. Quietly, Frank Quietly. Quietly. Yeah, Frank Quietly. It's Frank Quietly meets uh, Irving. Irving. It, uh, because uh, every face I looked at, I'm like, oh, this is trying to be like an Irving Fraser face, but because it's kind of flat, mm-hmm. and then the coloring with it, but then, but it really is it's, Frank Quietly trying to be, especially like in the eyes and in the face. Mm-hmm. No, I, I saw the same thing too, especially with like the inhuman stuff with like the blobs of like their cocoons and stuff. It's all just like, like I say with Frank Quitely, it's it's the bag of meat syndrome. Mm-hmm. You just take a like plastic bag and then you fill it with chunks of meat. But even how he that's does, what it looks like. Even how he does hair. Okay, yeah, like, I can I mean, see. Like, the mohawk is definitely a like Frank that guy's beard, beard. Like. Yeah. His I'm looking at the quietly. page with the uh, where they just land on Muir Island, and you have the Stepford Cuckoos there, and just looking at the three of them. Oh, yeah. like, yep. it's a poor imitation of both artists. And I know, like, you're not a big fan of Frasian, uh, Fraser Irving's art, uh, but I am. But it's like the two of them combined to make even worse art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... except character design on these Hydra suits. I like these Hydra suits. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's a four-issue four miniseries. It's supposedly going to be the death of X-Men. For the, It's going to wrap up the X-Men books. There's no other X-Men, like, solicitations. We haven't really seen any X-Men books coming out. So it seems important, but, man, it's... And, it'll be and I slow. feel like they're like, oh, we, we've been able to do this with Wolverine, because we killed off Wolverine, we gave it a... The, his daughter... X-23. X-23 is now Wolverine, and we brought back old man Logan. Mm-hmm. And now we got the young X-Men running around in Champions. So it's, we can do the same thing where we just put all these X-Men in the in every other book. Ever since M-Day, man, it's like the X-Men have had a problem just telling their stories. It's like they tried to, they did an overcorrection and then lost control of the whole X-Men boat, X-Men car. X Men ship, X Men Blackbird, and it's crashed. There you go. The Spidey Buggy, Spidey Buggy <laughs> crash with all the X Men inside. With all the X Men inside, and now we got Inhumans. Uh, the last book I have is Brian Azarello's and Eduardo Rizzo's Moonshine Number One. And I, I kind of looked forward to this I, because... I'm, I'm surprised you picked this book up, though, because you were not a fan of some of their previous work, like 100 Bullets. Right. Uh, I'm not a big fan of 100 Bullets, but you know what movie I do really enjoy? The Untouchables. And that cover screams The Untouchables to me. And it is the complete opposite story. Because it's not about the G-Men coming in and... Sc- and I, at the beginning of the book, I'm like, oh, this is... yeah. This is G-Men coming in, busting up some moonshiners. All right. I can get behind them. They're just doing what they do. And 
I can see Brian Azzarella telling a good story because they're going to be conflicted about like following through on a law that maybe they don't agree with. And instead of that hero that I was looking forward to, I get this slarmy, no backbone, just one-note guy that I'm supposed to follow along with. Uh, I don't even know the guy's name because he finally he introduces his boss's name before he even says his name. That just seems like a... Uh, it's like Mr. Um, Perlo. Yeah. Lou Perlo. Lou Perlo. Not Lou uh, Primo, the old singer. Uh, Louis Primo. Uh, this... I don't know, God. Did you like it, John? Because I'm this, like, well, maybe John will like it. This is one of those books that, like, on paper, it's one of those books you're like, oh, John would love this. And on paper, John would go, I love this. And I would buy this number one. But this is one of the times where I was like, no, this is a number one that you'd buy and you'd be highly disappointed with because everything should add up. Werewolves, Prohibition, Gangsters, Hillbilly... Uh, moonshiners. There's no werewolves. There's it's, werewolves. Yeah. Where's the yeah, werewolves? You, you see one well, like stumbling out of the. Uh, well, what you... kills the feds in the beginning? It's a wolf creature. What? The book's called Moonshine. How did I miss the wolf guy? Well, okay. Oh, well, okay. okay. It's okay. a wolf creature, maybe that slaughtered all these men. It's two panels. Uh, book's called Moonshine. Okay, uh, I missed it. And, yes. no, and then you see it with um, yeah, it's I can't. I'm trying to find. There's one guy that's sick that it's comes like the out. G-Men of... when they're like in the like, the distillery area, and like yeah. mm-hmm. they get torn apart. <laughs> you see the eyes. Yeah, you get two panels. Of, and there's oh, a big okay. picture of a full moon, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I missed it. You missed it. Missed that page. No, I didn't. You miss missed it. that page because there was no reading on it. Yeah, so you're so like, I just ah, scroll, scroll, skip. scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, but it was scrolls on paper. This book, it should be good and interesting. And I think maybe a different artist could convey something more because the art, the art to me, just goes. I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. The art reminds me of. Um, Long Halloween artist. Okay, uh, Tim, Tim Sale. Sale. Tim Sale. It's okay. very Tim Sally, especially like um, like this picture right here with the uh, when Lou Pearl is Perlay is talking to that. Yeah, it's, to the mobster. Yeah, that's so the Tim mobster, Sale. Yeah, where it's all overshadowed. You, you get the weird. That's, but that's shadowing. that's Rizzo style. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, hundred bullets. What he does. I mean, he did you know over a hundred issues of hundred bullets with Brian Azzarello doing this stuff, and I. I think having the two of them together on this book is what's probably going to make this book something that I check back in on. Um, I probably won't read it monthly. I won't buy the trade when it comes out. But if I find it on sale, like, yeah, this is something that I wouldn't mind at least seeing the first arc or story. I don't know how long this is going on for, if it's an ongoing or limited. But I don't know. I like the two of them together enough telling crime stories that, yeah, I... I do want to see where this goes. It's, I think it's a creative idea, but it just didn't execute it, to make me want to make to read another one. You give me a stronger reason to root for this main character. You give me any reason to root for this main character. 
I, I would probably be more into it, especially now that I know that there's werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but before but you know, because the thing with I kept on reading it as if you know. It's Paul, a, it, I think you need to get into like a different mind frame for this because this is a crime story. You're not supposed to be rooting for anybody in this book, really. But even in crime stories, they give you a reason to root for the the guy that you're rooting for. You know, he's he's down on his luck. He's coming here and he's going to make something of himself. This guy is just. There's no reason to root for this guy. He's the go-between for a mob boss who's going to a group of moonshiners in the country that that make good stuff and they can make more money than anybody else running moonshine because it's so good. And he gets out there and thinks that this is just some you know slack jaw yokel that's like, hey, mind your manners, like this is how we talk to people here. And then it's like, no, you fuck with my business. Guess what? You get torn apart by werewolves. That's the hook for this book. And like. Down the line, you can see this is mobsters versus hillbillies versus werewolves, and like by the end, no, of the hillbillies control the werewolves. The hillbillies, the hillbillies are the werewolves, right. but it's still it's them going up against hillbillies. Hillbillies fighting the mobsters, and then slash hillbilly werewolves against the mobsters. Like that's where this book is going. As soon as I saw that last page, I went, I can foresee everything that's going to happen in this book. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't think there's going to be a crazy plot twist where anything happens that I don't already see happening. The mobsters from New York are, are werewolves. <laughs> no, are They're vampires. vampires. <laughs> They're Frankenstein. <laughs> I don't know. And I, the way I feel about this book is the way I also feel about Shipwreck, one of my picks for this month. And that pick is Shipwrecked, and this is written by Warren Ellis and art by Phil Hester. And this is, again, you see the name, Warren Ellis. <laughs> Phil Hester. Phil, Phil Hester. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's Good jump. team. Let's, let's jump on this. This is enough reason for me to pick up this number one and, like, the solicitation was, like, sci-fi thriller about a crashed airplane and a man who wakes up and doesn't know what he is or, what you know, what's going on. <laughs> and you get that. But you also get really slow story and creepy things happening, not anywhere near enough to make you want to read anymore. Chris, can I ask you, how do you spell auger? <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize there were multiple ways to spell it until I read this book. Exactly. Did you need two pages on the different spellings of auger? I didn't. <laughs> Me either. Uh, and I didn't need this book. And I left this book. I left this book on here because I was like, you know what? We need a couple books to shit on. And I didn't realize that I was not going to like almost everything that Paul bought. <laughs> yeah. You just, just yeah, realized that I, Paul books. I don't think this book is worth shitting on. I, I don't think it's the perfect book. I walked away being like, okay, it wasn't bad. I, I think if Warren Ellis had trimmed it down a little bit and it was a little less talky, mm-hmm. it, it would have been good. I mean, it's it's a very interesting premise where I don't even know the main character's name. I mean, first of all, that's uh, that's sad. Um, Jonathan Shipwright. Yeah, uh, sorry. It's like uh, he was an instrumental scientist on a new propulsion system on the Janus project. 
Uh, yeah. And or it the, could have been pronounced Janus. I say Janus. But the ship went down, and he survived, but now has strange powers, and then things are just really bizarre. Well, he has something inside of him because he, he has to connected. wait. He has to wait a half hour to use his power again. He he uh, he like it, uh, folded in the technology actually into his skin, the the propulsion system that the Janus system was using. I'm going Janus just because of the Greek god. Uh, you know, the, the god that would look forward into the future and, the, and also into the past. Oh. So it seems like... I almost was skinning like a um, Charleston Heston uh, Planet of the Monkeys. Planet of the Apes? Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that mostly they were mo- mostly monkeys. Uh, vibe where, you know, he tests this propulsion system and then he arrives back on the planet like way too many years into the future. Yeah, but you have this weird, like, it's like the... Um, and everybody's waiting for him to come back. It's like the detective bounty hunter from, like, Blood Simple is in this with your Charleston Heston, like, weird thing. And then the woman who, like, in the waitress of the restaurant they were in killed her cook boyfriend because he wanted to go to France wanted to, to, yeah, to, to, study. to study cooking. And it almost seems like a little Trigun there because knives comes to town and just messes everything up and like and this is like the person that he uh that talked to the waitress is basically knives from trigon where he just convinces people to do really weird stuff the book looks great phil hester's art in this is awesome is great (laughs) i enjoy from page one to the last page i (laughs) i love every single bit of the art in this book but yeah, like Chris, like I, I, I feel like they gave Warren Ellis the ability to make the longest drawn out story possible and he said, Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and and that's okay. I mean, when I see Warren Ellis on a book, I expect it to be kind of weird sci fi to begin with. Like it's it's what he does well. And there's inherently nothing wrong with this book, but I, I went in wanting more, and then I came out being like, it could have been something else. And I didn't dislike it as much as you guys, I think. But I mean, even just flipping through it now, just because it's been maybe like a week since I read it, I was like, wow, like it's it's wordy. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot that they talk about, but kind of like I think John, you said with, or may, uh, it actually might have been you now that I'm thinking about it with. Death of X, they could have just whittled this down to three pages. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're on this weird ship. There was an accident. Now things are fucked for you. I would have been good with just a small amount of story, enough to get you through to understand what's going on with this art. Because mm-hmm. I could just flip through this book going like, oh my gosh, yep, okay, beautiful. I, I feel like you guys are saying this is sci-fi. It, I think there it's a Greek tragedy with sci-fi overlays. That's why I was, I'm so strongly thinking it's Janos. They talk about the R G, very well could be, which is it's Warren Ellis following yeah. you know the birds, you know divining you know the future from you know the path of birds. You're meeting a cannibal, which is something that happens in the Odyssey. You know the uh, they crash, they you know end up on an isle of cannibals. You got this basically this kind of soothsayer character that's a private eye. That's basically, or the uh, you could 
almost also from Greek tragedy, the chorus that are that's giving you all the backstory. Yeah, like that's so I'm like, oh, okay, it's like a retelling of it like make, the Odyssey. It makes sense. Called shipwrecked. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would have loved is a letter. John shipwright shipwrecked. Is the Odyssey a, is Odysseus. <laughs> what I would have loved is a letter to the readers being like, hey, this is going to be Warren Ellis's take on this. Instead, I have like a page that has like, hey, shipwreck number one, look at all these crazy covers we did. The variant covers. There's four of them. Are human eyeballs really that round? Because I don't I feel think like yeah, let me take one of you out. Well, I, I can't put it back in if I take one out. Sure it's can. not like a USB port. Uh, it, it wasn't my least favorite book of this month, but it's definitely middling. Like, I think it could be directed a little bit more. Yes. I think the, the team on this sold me on buying one, but... It, this could very well be one of those books that next year we're seeing it being... Um, nominated for like Eisner's and like Harvey Awards because it it could be more than we're giving it credit for like just on that first reading like I see this being something better but it just couldn't I saw this I saw this too like when he sits down with that private detective or that guy who's investigating him I started to lose it and then when it got to the because he's around he might have caused this woman to kill her boyfriend and start cooking him that made me think of like that first volume of Sandman, where it was kind of that destiny uh-huh. Sandman going through and dealing with problems. He's, he's cleaning up the problems from when he was gone. Yes, and it, it seems somehow like attached to that. So it made me think of that. Again, I wouldn't say I hated this book. I would not direct anybody to this book without knowing exactly what this book is about to say. Hey this is what it is because i'm confused i got a little more information like talking to paul paul <laughs> directed me in a way of like yes that makes a lot of sense you know okay sure with the greek tragedy yeah yeah i think yeah, I, think I think that's, that's what it is very very close to that and then going like okay warren Ellis, yeah that that makes, that makes some sense. sense i'm sorry um, i'm reading this bottle <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll take us into the next beer, and that because, is from Single Cut out of Queens, New York. Yeah, uh, Queens, NYC, Astoria, New York, uh, Beersmiths. This is Bon Bon, their 2X TNT IIPA. And that's actually the full name, Paul, because if you look into, if you try oh, really? to check into this, you got to put in Bon Bon 2X TNT to find it. IIPA, which is crazy because I'm like all these stuff. Like IIPA basically means that two X, right? And I don't know what yeah. TNT means other than I guess the naming. Um, this is their fresh beer, and it says right here in capital letters: "Do not age!" Exclamation point. Bottled on ten nineteen, uh, and that basically because we age a lot of beers, we talk a lot about aged yep. beers. And this is going down so smooth, I had to pick up the bottle and I started reading it because it is 8.2% alcohol by volume. So this which is, is only, a, this double X IPA is only 1% more than the Pale Ale we just mm-hmm. had. Uh, and, you know, I kind of want to go, well, it's only 8%. But man, these three beers, right now, I've I've been kicked to the curb. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're strong beers. They, they're, 
Yeah, but we're so used to being like, oh, it's a 12%, uh, it's a 15 like, No, you we've gone crazy. Yeah, but you, you also ran before. That's true. Yeah, you're down on calories. I feel it a little bit. Like, it's not, like, too... It's not too crazy, but definitely... I'm, she, oh I'm a down to 149 pounds right now. Ooh. Vegas I, body. So am I. I shaved my beard and I have a mustache. <laughs> uh, it's not a bad beer. I... I don't... I, in the ranking of these three beers that we had, this might be... It's so smooth and easy drinking. I'm only getting real big flavor on the back end where I get that hot pop. And it's not bad. It's just... Like, what am I looking... You know, when I when I when, see a double X IPA, I'm see, like thinking, yeah. it's, I'm going to get punched in the mouth. And it doesn't... It's It's... Like, I think just in the name, because it just tastes like an IPA. Mm-hmm. It's an 8% IPA. It tastes, I, it tastes more like... This tastes more like a pale than the last one. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, ranking the beers that we had, the three fresh, Lagunit is number one. I think I'm going to go Grim number two for that fresh mm-hmm. feeling, that With refreshingness that, it yeah. had. With a little bit of spice in there, too. I... I wish there was a little bit more depth of flavor. I wish like there you. was more to Grim, but I also wish there was more to this beer. Yeah. When I think double IPA, this doesn't deliver on double IPA. Yeah. Well, two X TNT IPA. Yeah. <laughs> like they're calling it out. Like, no, guys, settle down. Sip this. Be careful. This is the last of the petty cash. Chew your food, enjoy it, and yet I'm here like slugging it down like so much. And you rated swill. this a little bit more than I did. You gave it three and a half. I, I gave, gave it a three, three and a half. because I feel like it didn't deliver on what it said it was going to be. And there is absolutely nothing off-putting about this. This is a solid beer as long as you go in knowing that hey, it gives you a nice, good, a little bit of pop. It's easy drinking, and if you want something, if you want a, this says like in the description it says. Big pineapple juicy fruit. I'm not gonna pine. That sounds wonderful, but on the nose, like now, smell that and think pineapple. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, there. Yeah, it's there. But I, I get it. Palette, maybe a little bit on the aftertaste, but that's where the big pop is. I don't get big juicy though. Big juice. What was that one that like space juice had a nice big juicy flavor? Yeah. There was one a couple weeks ago that we had, and I'm like, yeah, because then it is, says like dry finish, pretty aggressive bittering. Mm-hmm. I'm TNT Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Um, no, it's a firecracker. Yeah, it's a pop. It's it's a yeah. It's it's one of those gas though not gas can but one of those trash can firecrackers. Yeah, not TNT, not an M80. Yeah, and I mean it's it seems to be just lacking a little bit. I out of I, these I like beers, it it's it's not it's not bad. It's a mm-hmm. good it's a good drinking beer. The description about it does not deliver on what I'm getting. If this was just single cut IPA, I'd go, yeah, that's a good IPA. You give me Bon Bon 2X TNT IPA, I'm looking for something to like, oh oh my gosh, what happened to my socks? They're in two towns over. (laughs) They just got blown off. I didn't read the description beforehand because I went into the store saying, hey, do you guys have, and they pulled out these two bottles from underneath the shelf, like, yeah, they just got in 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, oh, this must be, like, really good stuff that they, that I must not know about because I was about to ask for a Backwoods Bastard. 
and I'm like, yeah, this is exactly because I didn't want to seem like so I wasn't you in the know. Asked for backwards bastard, but, and then I did. I'm like, oh, did he also get back? Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. Did he also get backwards bastard in? And they're like, oh no, we don't know when we're getting that in yet. She'd be like, John, we- John Weatherwax over at that store's got it in. How's that? He texted me a picture of it mm-hmm. on a bourbon barrel. I was half so expecting jealous. you to bring me some. <laughs> I, I texted you like three different times and I couldn't find it. Yeah, I know. The store's right down the street from your house. Yeah, but I spent a lot of money on beer this week. <laughs> Instead of, instead of going to the place where you yes. know it is, where your friend is is working. Yeah, yeah. I, hey, I, I needed it then. I would have turned a blind eye if somebody wanted to craft pack some of that. Yeah, should have uh, craft packed that. Would have been good. The, no, this is good. Uh, it's, it's good. The name and what they're promoting it as. Power Ranking Laguanitas Single Cut Grim. Okay. So we're just on two. I think this has more depth. I think this has more depth than the grand. I would would semi-agree, but the fresh and refreshingness of the grim is what gave it number two. Because Mm -hmm. this dries me out. It slows me down. Where... If I had had bought both of these, Mm -hmm. a tall boy can and a, A a bomber... Which one would I be able to finish and finish before I got too warm or finish before I got hmm. anything? It'd be the Grim. Yeah, the, the Awuga. The Awuga. The Grim was refreshing. It would be. I want to call out Awuga because I think they have another fresh one that mm-hmm. a lot. The, yeah. Anything canned from there, them is basically a fresh. Hmm. They bottle it. It is meant you can sit. Hmm. Uh, Chris, you finished like five beers while we've been talking about our one, right? I, like, <laughs> I, I could have grabbed another one, but I'm lingering on this one because as soon as you guys started talking about how you're feeling it, I was like, yeah, this is hitting me. I um, didn't want to say it was because you finished your beers quickly. It was more so that we just talked around in circles for no, you, way too long. There was, a, there was a bit of discussion, but I mean, you got three beers you were, you were reflecting back on. Mm-hmm. Um, my milk stout <laughs> was 5%. The Rudy Session, so I'm turning the nope. can around in my hand trying to find it. Where does it say it? It's a session, so it's only going to be around like 4%, but I want to have the actual... It doesn't say. Okay, well, the Rudy Session, I'm guessing, is going to be at like, you know, solid 4, maybe 4.5%. Um, but next from Ska Brewing, I have their Decadent Imperial IPA. And I'm at the tail end of this can... Give it a little shake next to the microphone. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like you just rubbed up against that microphone. I, yeah, I hit it. Sorry. Um, no. This is ten percent. Ooh, this this is a Sounds big boy. Good. Um, and wait, a ten percent within a variety pack? Yes, a that's 10, a good three, bargain. <laughs> three cans of this in the variety pack. I want to say the variety pack was twelve ninety nine, maybe a little bit more. Um, I would have to dig out the receipt, but you got. The Decadent Imperial IPA, the Rudy Session IPA, and then their Modus Operandi, which is kind of just their go-to regular IPA, which I'll be talking about next week oh, alongside the know, orange version of it. Their Modus uh, Operandi. Four, four can- <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Yeah, their Modus Operandi. Their, their most likely operation. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's well named. I just wanted to point it out. I really enjoy and that. What's awesome 
four cans of each. So it's not like they only give you two of their Imperial and then they load it up with a session or a regular IPA. Um, this is definitely an Imperial IPA. Like it's got a, like a resiny hop on it. And then it kind of filters off into that a little bit of an alcohol aftertaste. Um, I've talked about it before as almost like a butteriness. It kind of leaves you with that extra salad dressing, oily feeling in your mouth. Sometimes Um, I like that. Plus, plus an alcohol on it. It, It's it's not bad. It's good. Mm -hmm. But there's really nothing stand out about the Imperial um, IPA here. The decadent. Hmm. It's good. I I drank it really fast. Um, So obviously, I must like it. But when I see Imperial IPA, I tend to think like, okay, this is going to be upper echelon. This is almost like a showcase beer. Like this is their, hey, we're putting this on that silver platter over to you. And there's so many other double IPAs or Imperials that I would probably drink before this. But there's nothing wrong with it. And that's kind of what I've been getting from the Ska Brewing stuff is it's all very good. It's very drinkable. But this is kind of all bargatory stuff mm. but at least in that bargatory they're playing ska music so well, they are they're s- probably playing beer by real big fish <laughs> mm-hmm. no uh-huh. no no if it's bargatory they're playing drinking by real big fish <laughs> oh well played um but no like i mean the three beers i've had today are all good i mean i've drank the rudy the modus hopper and i and the decadent before because i mean i got a sampler or whatever um yeah sample yeah. pack of the three of them so i mean they've been sitting in my refrigerator for the past three days i mean of course i i'm going to drink them uh but actually like getting to sit here and talk about them and think about them a little bit more than just like being on the couch watching the office uh i just made the jimmest gym face ever you'll never see it listeners. did you just turn to a camera that doesn't exist and like shrug your shoulders a little bit yep that was okay. Exactly there you it. go, and also widen my eyes just a tad. It it's all very good. Um, if you are in an area that they have ska brewing, yeah, definitely go for it. Like find them, enjoy them. But if you're like me and it's something you've been just kind of building up over the years, because man, isn't less than Jake a great man? Isn't beer good to drink? This might be a little bit of a golden cow for you. Okay, so... Beware of those false idols. <laughs> everything you said... But it's still really, really good. Like, it, I would put this maybe a little bit over um, like a Saranac. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you where you put it in, you know, Saranac, Magic Hat, yeah, Scott. I'm trying to those kind of like more mid-tier beers. Like Magic Hat, right? Like, oh, if, it, it's definitely like if far you, beyond. It's it's okay. a two step beyond Magic Hat. That's also a Scott reference. Look it up, kids. Um, two step, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's all really solid, but nothing that's going to really set it apart from any of the other breweries that I count as my favorites, like your Founders or your Ithacas. How about your Lagunitas? Lagunitas is really good, and it, I, I feel like they fall further down my list just because they put out so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that's why I it's all like really good. And then they have some of those. Just like 
um, I don't even want to call them filler beers, but like those lower tier beers are like, hey. Yeah, this but for four ninety nine, I can get their their stout, and it's still a good stout yeah, for five their $4.99 bucks. Their four ninety nine series is like, <laughs> good. I bought a hop stupid just to drink the other day for like five ninety nine, and I was like, damn, this is good. I forgot how good it was. Their their four ninety nine series bombers are troublemakers because they're usually <laughs> yeah. all like higher than seven percent, uh-huh. cheaper than six dollars, and they're all taste good they they really are good and like yeah. hop stupid and then the um, if i become a hobo the, i'm returning cans for that 499 series the the, the imperial stout they release as a year-round thing so hop stupid and the imperial stout are year-round ones yeah. for under six dollars those are my hobo beer choices but like i mean uh stupid wit they released this year really really good that's in a six pack, though. Is it in six a six pack? Is it in a bomber, though? No, no. Oh, I'm just saying it's oh, another okay. beer. It's a beer they released this year. Really good. Twelfth and never. Twelve pack cans. They released this mm-hmm. year. I really liked it, Paul. You were a little well because it was. It 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 falls into a category that I'm like I think is a little oversaturated right now, and I can find better for cheaper. Um. Well, for twelve pack, maybe not, but. Well, the 18 pack of all day IPA. 15 pack for for it was 18. It went down to 17. Yeah. So you get three more beers, but I think you get a better mm-hmm. tasting beer okay. on 12th and Ever than you do on. But I still like Two Brothers more. But Two Brothers is it does not, not exist. exist anymore. It exists in my fridge. All right. Yeah, it exists when we finally review them. Uh, <laughs> We've but, been pushing 12th, it out for four weeks. 12th and Ever, I think, is really something really good they put out. And then this born yesterday, mm-hmm. I will be picking it up. It's we haven't seen anything stellar come from Lagunitas since little something something, and that was two or three years ago. Yeah, but uh, what isn't stellar from your books from this month? Hey, that would be Death of Hawkman. Oh, so much Hawkman! In Number this book. one, <laughs> so much two pages of Hawkman. <laughs> Number one of six. Uh, I pick this up. Because Ran Thanagon War yeah. years ago was so good. It was really, really good. It was what led me to go, uh, Adam Strange? I really like this character. Mm-hmm. Hawkman? I like him a little bit more. I liked Adam Strange more in 52. Well, uh, I, yeah. I agree, but uh, Ran Thanagon was kind of the lead-up to that though like that yeah. kind of brought him back almost that's why those guys were in space together wait uh wasn't was it ranthanagon when we had those two like rookie green lanterns as well that like uh, hated each other it, it kind of came out of that because that was later on in the uh, green lantern core? recharge miniseries okay. and then like um the green lantern core series that spun out out of that because i like those two characters yeah, quite they, a bit they were there because that book existed mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, so I thought, oh man, Death of Hawkman featuring Adam Strange, and they said Ranthanagon War in the solicitations of this. I said, this has got to be great. And <laughs> this book starts with a war scene where they're like 
Hawkman and Adam Strange are helping each other, and it's it's the titular death of Hawkman almost. Yeah, because he's bleeding out, and you're like, okay, this series is about trying to get him help. He pulls an arrow out of his shoulder. He's got another wound that he grabs a dead body next to him, rips the guy's shirt off, and ties off a tourniquet on his arm. All good so far. Nothing wrong with this book. And then it flashes to the story of this new Adam Strange that is one of the absolute worst characters to exist in this new (laughs) 52. Thrill as he waits in the waiting room for, like, something. Yeah, and that's where it slows down. The first four pages, good Okay, what's happening? I had forgotten until this moment that they reinvented Adam Strange, and he is the biggest suckhole. <laughs> wow. It, he's awful. Suckhole. He's not in an, A word I've never heard like, before. Adam Strange was this, like, sci-fi Indiana Jones yeah. adventurer, awesome dude, warrior, military prince of a fan of this world. John, he's John Carter's from Mars, yeah. plus DC. Plus, actually being good at what he's doing and, with laser guns, and, unlike John Carter from and Mars. This guy sucks. He's the worst. I hate every second this guy exists, except when he's like finally at the end and he's got his like Adam Strange suit on. You're like, it's kind of a cool suit. I did enjoy yeah. like he's like oh, my time on Earth is a little bit more dane because they got the panel of him like shooting the laser gun Why and then shooting is Windex. Why this guy even on Earth? Why does he leave his princess wife, scientist wife, I, whatever? Why does he leave to go back to Earth alone to play video games and not do anything? Why does he need to go back to Earth? Why, Why does he, he need to sit in a fucking diner and be like? I'm trying to solve an equation. Thank you for more coffee, waitress. Why isn't he Adam Strange on Earth as well? Yeah, that's a good question. Why is Adam Strange on Earth? Why is he on Earth? He doesn't need... He doesn't belong here. No, and that's the thing, because as soon as he got back to him, just like, literally like, bumming around, just like, hey, here I am doing the most mundane of things like i was out of this book like it's just it's not interesting you don't want to read the day-to-day adventures of adam let me go pay my bills let me <laughs> play video games like that's that's not what you pay we live it 2.99 or 3.99 for 22 pages for 4.99 oh here's the thing adam strange shows up on earth to bring carter hall to the air alien world that's why he's on Earth. He's here because he's like, hey, listen, you and me might not really know each other. We're both superheroes. We need a war to stop. Please come with me. That's and why he's on Earth. I get that. And then also, like, they're trying to bring him back to Thanagar to help. And, like, there's some some issues. Like, he's being blocked. Like, he can't get his Zeta Beam to travel back. Like, that's... Okay, that's a problem. I, that's one of those like head scratching moments. Like he's yeah. like, "Oh, why isn't this working? I don't get it." Thrill then, as like, Adam Strange then, misses like, the, the bus. She's like sitting in a diner. Like <laughs> he's just like, "Uh, whatever." You like, want you want a refill, hun? No, I'm good, thanks. Like it's it's him missing the bus over and over again. That's all it is. 
If it wasn't, if you replace Zeta Beam with anything else, it's just as boring. But then it goes like he goes to the JLA satellite and he's like, hmm, boy, do you guys know what? I mean, you're in a fucking spaceship. You, they can't beam you there. They can't <laughs> figure it out. You're talking to Vic Sav or uh, Vic uh, Cyborg Man. <laughs> Vic Stone. <laughs> And he's like, "Oh man, Victory. we can we can tell you where the stuff has happened. We can't zip you over there. We don't have that technology. I can't sit in a diner and figure it out with a half cyborg man. <laughs> That's not gonna work. You're just gonna have to get blipped to the other places and take a fucking cab everywhere. <laughs> Four nine nine nine. Don't spend it." What's the next yeah. book? Uh, next D- book. Disappointing. Next book is another four ninety nine that I spent. Wait, 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 John. I'm sorry. Quick question: If you find out in issue number two, it's all just them on the front lines. Like, does that make you spend another four ninety nine, or maybe three ninety nine, if they decide to like be nice and drop a price since it's not a number one? Do you read that book? No, I'm done. I I cannot stand this this Adam Strange. I got nothing to say about that man. <laughs> you got nothing to say about that man? Really? Okay. Okay, go I, ahead. I, I do. I, I can fill in do the you want us to... Paul. No, 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 no. I want to keep going because uh, it's you, already 2.30. You have to take a piss, though. Yeah, and it's already 2.30. Right. I want to uh, keep so the show going. So this is Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love. Uh, number one, another four ninety nine book. And this is what I've been missing in a Dead Man book. This is Dead Man involved in some ghostly horror mansion ghost thing uh this is what was missing when they did the uh ghost or the um dc series when uh 52 relaunched and they focused on dead man it's a ghost story involved with dead man this isn't an ongoing series it's just supposed to be a mini series and this is dead man helping a woman who lives in a haunted mansion yeah, it's good. It's, it's very good. I, I kind of like that Victorian horror. Um, and uh, so it, this it, is written by Sarah Vaughn, art by uh, Lan Medea. This is the Dead Man book that I've kind of always liked Dead Man to be. It's him trying to solve that supernatural mystery. Um, he heard a cry for help. He went to this weird manor. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like one of those like uh, Ravenscroft Hall-like type. It's a house that's named. So even in his like inner dog, you know houses that are named tend to usually be trouble. I thought that was her that was talking is it about her? it. Yeah, because she's, Maybe it is. I don't she's know. been seeing ghosts her whole problems, life. I had problems reading that because the white lettering on the light oh. blue mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think Cash those boxes were very hard to read. Uh, that it, it it is her, and her okay. meaning one of the people who's living in this home who has the ability to see and speak to ghosts. <laughs> she is sixth sense, uh, and it's kind of the two of them working, but also at the same time, Boston Brand, former trapeze artist, now turned ghost, isn't that like knowledgeable about hauntings and ghosts? You're it's right. this guy who's like. Hey, I used to type rope walk, and I can, you know, tumble. Now I'm here, I can hear these things, and I feel like I need to be a hero and help other ghosts and people. Move on. Move on. So 
I'm here to help, but I'm just as clueless as you. And I like that about it. But I feel like he's had adventures before because this is the first time. Because he, this is suddenly new, like him being trapped. He's like, oh, I'm trapped. I kind of, but there is some magic I know that can trap me. So he knows that it could happen. But this is the first time it is happening. And this falls prey to what I think I complained about with uh, some of the, like, Death of X. This is the one where I was also like, okay, this could have been a lot shorter, too. Because it's just like waiting for the two to team up, and they finally do right before nothing happens. But, like, in yeah. this in this book, it's different. Her backstory. It's, diff- it's, it's also 54 pages long. Oh, yeah. okay. It's a, yeah. it's a longer issue, but also, like, halfway through it, it says, like, Act 2. Like... Mm-hmm. That first chapter ends. You get two chapters. Okay, so this you is get two, two books. chapters okay. within this book. Okay. Yeah, and, and I think the it... two of them working together with what's going on and who the person is and everything. I think it all works. It works in a haunted mansion. It's a haunted mansion story with a woman working with a ghost to solve it. This works better than the Haunted Mansion book from Disney. Yes, agreed. And, yeah, it's... I don't know, like, there's nothing really that off-putting. I thought it was a little long, but now knowing that it was actually 54 pages and it was kind of scripted for 54 pages, it makes it a little easier. Uh, But, again, like... Like, I I feel like they could have been condensed a little bit more. Like, the backstory that I did get about uh, the girl... But again, it's not a superhero story. It, it to me, this feels one. like it, it's a bigger, grander story. It's a different book than when I'm buying like a superhero book. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fine reading this bigger book because it's like a novel. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's telling you more. It feels more. Yeah, this definitely does feel like a pulp. It feels a little out of time, too. Oh, it's totally out of time. Yeah, definitely. Because it doesn't feel like it's modern, but it is kind of, but it could be, because they're running an but, antique store, but it and isn't. it's an old house that hasn't been lived in, or it's been lived in, but by an old guy that never changed anything. Yeah, and you don't know when this when mm-hmm. this book takes place right. at all. They don't talk about any new technology. The only things you see are antiques, the older car. Do we know that's an older car? Yeah, is it? An, but the guy's an antique dealer, so wouldn't he have an older truck? That's a woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, well, it's they. Yeah. It's a... It, you should, they prefer, prefer they and them pronouns. So, so, therefore, I think it's modern. But... Because it discusses the pronouns. Is it? <laughs> Nothing about the art really places this at the time frame either in the setting. So, and I, I think know. that is it's the, good. the point of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, 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 it's evergreen. Like you could pick up this book at any point, read and be like, "Hey, this is a solid dead man story." And if this issue, if issue two was four ninety nine, they have my money. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pay that. I'm not buying. Death of Hawkman. I'm not throwing. I'm just not taking money and just burning it in front of me. <laughs> this I actually feel like I'm getting something in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that will take me to my last book. Uh, and this is The Lost Boys, the sequel to the 1980s vampire movie. Wait, there was a movie? <laughs> didn't we make you watch that? <laughs> no, you didn't make me watch. Oh it. my gosh! Uh, it would probably make my top five favorite vampire movies. You made me watch Fright Night. Fright Night? I got to. I really liked. I really liked Fright Night. 
The original, not the one with uh, the bullseye. Uh, the remake is actually very, very good. Oh, good. They do a good job. Um, so this is... Isn't the sequel on Netflix, but not the original? For, for, for uh, uh, Lost it, Boys? It, uh, there probably is. They, they made some really bad uh, Lost Boys sequels. Okay. With Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. While you introduce it, I'm going to look online to point our direct our listeners to how to watch the original Lost Boys. Um, this is written by uh, Tim Seeley, and I can't find the first name of the artist, um, but the artist's last name is Godlewski, uh, who does a good job of bringing some, the likeness of these characters um, fairly well to for his style uh, to the picture, um, but this takes place right after the events of the first movie, and um, the Frog Brothers and uh, I can't think uh, a Sam are work- Sam and Michael are uh, working in the comic shop, writing their own comic books. Um, the Frog Brothers are working with the, Sam's grandpa to become better vampire hunters, and the grandpa character is a part of a vampire hunting society uh, who then get attacked by vampires and are killed, and it's up to these semi-experienced kids <laughs> to either protect themselves or hunt down the vampires who are hunting them. Yeah, because they got rid in the titular movie The Lost Boys uh, 1987 thriller slash teen film uh, which you can watch on YouTube iTunes, Amazon Video Voodoo or Google Play all for $2.99 nothing free no free uh, streaming services for the original movie Uh, they killed a coven, right? a coven of vampires? Sure. A troop I think is the correct term for it. A troop Coven oh. is the Coven of Witches. Coven of Witches. A troop of vampires. A vassal of vampires? No? Uh, and they 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 are like, hey, we've proved ourselves. Let's Can we eat at the big kid's table now? And the grandpa keeps on saying no. Um, but all, like, the, it's uh, The Lost Boys, The Lost Girl, Part 1 of 6, Tim Seeley and Scott uh, Galuski. But... The one thing about this book, spoilers, uh, last page, David's back, which was the Keithler Sutherland character. Is oh. it just another... He's got a whole new troop. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're all girls. But that dude is totally dead. Well, in this book, they say, we should. is, it, is David back? We should. I knew we should have staked him when we had a chance. Yeah. So that's the one thing I didn't... Wait, so, but he... Definitely did die in the movie. He and pretty much it's he dies in that book. In the movie. In the movie. Chris, did he die in the movie? He, he dies in the movie. Okay, just wanted to get a consensus because I haven't seen the movie. Now but I'm that, gonna. That's like that's the like the cliffhanger for it. It's like whoa, Keeper Sutherland shit. Uh, I wanted to like this book a little bit more than I did. I think. Up until when I saw David, it, like David was back, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is when I was kind of like, Meh. 
uh, I couldn't tell from the art. Was one of the was the girlfriend star one of the vampires at the end? Also, she was not. No, the little boy, uh, just like Michael, had turned but hadn't made their first kill. So mm. they, if they killed the head vampire, they would go back to being human. Mm. Spoilers for the movie. Spoilers for the 1980s movie. Uh, I, I did was it, four. I did enjoy the book. It. I, it's where you could go with a follow-up story with this. Does it need to exist? Not really. Was it better than the sequel no. movies? Yes. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of looked at this as I did the other like 80s nostalgia books that we might have looked at over the past couple months. Bill months, and like Bill and Ted and Hell. That was good. Um, which oh, I'm blanking it. Escape from New York. Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. Like this is all like continuing those stories that I became aware of and grew up with, like in the in the mid '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never had that affinity for Lost Boys. Like I understand, like it's an awesome vampire movie, but. People love this. I just never had that love. I was more into, you know, Fright Night or From Dusk Till Dawn. Like, those were my my vampire movies. Um, so I, I came into this just, like, looking for a cool vampire book, and I, I really didn't get it. Um, I like Tim Seeley. I think he is a horror fan and a comic book fan, and he comes into this just kind of with that that love and care, and he wants to tell a good story, but it... I, I just equate this to being the story not for me. Yeah, I don't have affinities for these characters. I, I thought it was an okay book. I'm like, oh, okay, this feels like I could be watching The Goonies, you know, a little bit more, you know, up to, you know, older, where they're fighting vampires. And But, yeah, if you guys aren't buying it, I'm not going to spend my money on it. Like, you know, I, I haven't even taken the time to watch the original movie. And then Sam, you should. It, watch it. I should, but it's three bucks online. <laughs> <laughs> I got three dollars to spend on Death of X number two. Are you really buying that? I don't know. What? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't, Paul. It's, it's just three more books to find out the end, and maybe Madrox isn't dead. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to find that out for like another year and a half till somebody's like, "Oh, like Madrox, he's alive, right?" Mm-hmm. And then they decide to write the book. All right, that's all of our books. And that's all of our beer. And that's, that's all it. of our it's episode. All, all, all gone. Yeah. Uh, and look forward to next week when we read all of Chris's books, because he had just as many there's, as we There's did. a lot. And I, I might try to trim some of those out. But even the ones that I don't like, I feel like we should at least talk about, because it's like, oh, I don't like this book. It's only eight It's only eight issues for us yeah. to read. Let's let's just do <laughs> them all. Uh, I, that's, I would have cut X, Death of X, but it's the big... Yeah. You Marvel crossover book. And we've talked about not doing those in so long that I'm like, eh, probably should. Yeah, and we should tell people that they shouldn't read the book. Just look it up on Wikipedia for the outcome if you're interested. Or, you know what, here's the thing. Uh, it doesn't matter. You don't need to read it. Yeah, yeah. You'll know the you'll know the shakeout in the books afterwards because you'll have that one page spread, that, that one page also, of text that Marvel gives you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't. But what does matter is making sure you rate and review us over on the iTunes. 
Paul feeds off of those, and he's been going hungry for a while now. I'm like a vampire that needs to sink his need for blood, a.k.a. reviews on or iTunes. You can always email us over at contactbangboardcast.com or individually Chris, John, or Paul at bangboardcast.com. Um, follow us over on the Facebook. We post all of our show notes up over there and any other nerd stuff that we happen to like that week, whether it's news or videos or what have you. And then check out the show notes for this episode and many others over at bangboard.com. Yeah, and thanks, for, uh, thanks Jonathan, for uh, tweeting, tweeting at us. Uh, what I was actually trying to think of last week, the phrase, uh, kill your darlings. I was trying to figure that out, and he tweeted at and us. And you said, kill all the babies! <laughs> yeah, you Throw them out with the bathwater! <laughs> yeah, I was conflating those two, uh, yeah, you know, baby out with the bathwater and kill your darlings. I was conflating both of those sayings. I honestly don't even know that kill your darlings. Uh, set saying. straight. Well, it's a saying, because Jonathan says so. I mean, other people know it, so I can't doubt you anymore, but I just, I, I am not familiar with 